Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the gaming industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to learn about our online digital events. We have some amazing sessions with people in the gaming industry, and you can participate for free and purchase inexpensive passes to our industry-leading business-to-business system. Now, here we go, Indie Game Business. What's up, everybody? My name is Indy, and that gentleman in the booth right next to me, that's Mr. J. Powell from Powell Group Consulting. And this is Indie Game Business, and today we have Derek Liu from Derek Liu Creative. He is the creative director, even if that's in the name. He's a creative director, and we're going to be talking about... uh, of Derek Lou Creative, and we're going to be talking about game trailers, why they're important, what you need, what co- different kind of game trailers, all kinds of things. And if you've got questions, we would love to have him answer those in the chat. So take it away, Jay. So, Derek, welcome to the show. This is a topic that is near and dear to a lot of people's hearts, especially with E3 coming and Steam next and all of these conferences and showcases coming up. Tell us a little bit about how you got into the industry originally and, you know, walk us through what you've done to this point. Sure. Um, So when I graduated from college, I was an assistant editor at a movie trailer house for a few years. This house, they made trailers for the Matrix trilogy and Pirates of the Caribbean for Spider-Man. Got a lot of great experience through that. Um, And... After that, I worked at like an anime DVD production house making trailers for their releases. And around that point is when I started making fan trailers for games like Metal Gear Solid 4 and Uncharted games. And like cut to like maybe two or three years later, I was living in San Diego and a friend of mine worked for the Behemoth who made Castle Crashers. And at the time they were working at Battle Block Theater. And that is where I got my first like professional game trailer editing jobs. Uh, doing trailers for Battle Block Theater. Um, And then I moved to Los Angeles and worked for a game trailer editing house called Hammer Creative, which I got to work on like Mortal Kombat X and um, some Lego games and uh, that Sonic Boom game that came out for Wii U. And around then is when I started just freelancing some more for indie games until maybe two or three years of that uh, became working full-time from home, working on indie game trailers, which I've been doing for the past five years. I mean, it's not all indie at this point, because um, I actually, i gotten some amazing opportunities since then. I got to work on the announced trailer for Half-Life Alex, which was amazing. That was um, like a six-week process where I was going back and forth between Los Angeles and uh, Bellevue to work on that in their their office. But um, yeah, been doing this for a number of years now and uh, still going. <laughs> So what are some of you just labeled off some of them in Half-Life Alex, you know, Juxtapon one because that game terrified me when the thing came out of the door to see who was that. And I was done at that point with, with Half-Life Alex. I went on and played something else. <laughs> what are some of the best, your most favorite trailers that you've worked on over the years? Um, some of my favorite trailers that I've worked on. I mean, the E3 trailer I made for Firewatch is near and dear to my heart because that was like my first big indie break. And because there was a lot of 
uh, attention on that game because of the people behind it. And that was like my first E3 trailer. Um, and it was, you know, for subsequent years, easy to like name drop. Hey, I did trailer for Firewatch and that got a lot of attention on me. So um, that one definitely is uh, high up there. Um, I really love the trailer for Quadrilateral Cowboy, which I worked on in collaboration with actually a bunch of Campo Santo people because they're friends with them. Um, I really love the trailer made for Katana Zero. Um, of course, Half-Life Alex was uh, amazing. Um, Noita, that was a really fun one. I worked on the 1.0 release of that. That was a lot of fun to work on, even though it's very difficult to get footage for. Um, and also Spelunky 2, I'm a huge Spelunky fan. So when I got to work on Spelunky 2, that was absolutely a dream come true. So I've been very, very fortunate to work on amazing stuff. Now, are there different kinds of trailers? I mean, if, if someone's making a trailer for consumers, are there things that they need to take into account versus somebody who's making a trailer for, you know, say publishers to do a pitch to, you know, try to get, try to get more attention on the business side? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> pardon me. There, there are many different types of trailers because there are also just many different use cases for them and also different audiences. So like you said, if you're trying to get uh, like investors or a publisher for your game, then um, you're probably going to show maybe different things uh, than you would for maybe the announced trailer or people who just want to see a bunch of gameplay. Um, and also depends on just how many different sort of design pillars your game has. So if there's like a deep narrative to it, then it's good to put like a story trailer, which maybe shows some gameplay, but is more narrative focused. And then one, which is just more about like the buttons you push, or maybe your game's systems are kind of opaque. So it might be good to have like a developer commentary sort of trailer where they're walking th you through those things. So an example might be like, like Deus Ex, um, which, you know, you can play as a hacker or like, you know, action hero or, uh, you know, a stealthy player. They want to show all those different things. Um, so games, I mean, depending on the game, like I said, there, there are many different facets to them. So um, in many cases, it's good to uh, show as much of your game as possible because, you want to answer those questions that people have about your game. But, you know, if it's like a like a relatively simple game, uh, which doesn't have a lot of systems, it doesn't really make sense to just make a whole ton of trailers because you could kind of stretch yourself thin or maybe, you know, after the second or third trailer, they all start feeling about the same, which can sort of kill the hype a little bit. But if it's like, oh, my God, we're still getting new stuff with all the new trailers, then, then uh, it can be a good idea to show more stuff off. So, because this is one of those aspects of the industry that I am completely ignorant about because I can't do the magic that you do, how long does it take to put one of these together? Um, so usually I like to have three to four weeks to put together a trailer. It really depends on how like long and complicated it is because some games it could be like 40 hours long to play or 20 hours and some are like three hours long. Um, or maybe one trailer or one game has like 10,000 lines of dialogue. Uh, I remember I worked on the trailer for Thimbleweed Park and I think that one was like 10,000 lines, which at that point, there's no way I'm gonna read every single line. I'm just I'm skimming through looking for like plot points and little character things. 
Um, but I mean, the fastest I've ever turned around a trailer was about five days, five to seven days. Um, and those were under like ideal conditions. So I did the trailer or a trailer for Ooblets in I think five days or seven days. And they had just amazing debug camera control options, made it so easy to get shots. And also, frankly, there wasn't much content in the game at that time because it was very early in development. So um, that one was relatively easy to do and they just had like really good music. So it was relatively easy to just take these cool shots, this beautiful art style and cut it to this music. Um, Quadrilateral Cowboy, which I mentioned was also pretty easy to work on because that game is all about like scripting events that you can then easily reproduce. So if you want to film a shot of a suitcase gun opening up, rotating this way, and then shooting three times, I just input that into the actual game in like the, this little deck you have there. And then I could just re-input it, move my camera back to where it was, and then get the shot. Or if it happened too fast, I could say, oh, I'll add a three second delay so I have enough time to queue up my camera. So uh, that was amazing to capture for. Um, but yeah, generally like three to four weeks is pretty comfortable schedule because you wanna give some time to you know, submit a cut and get some feedback and have a little bit of back and forth and not feel too rushed. So I, I mean, and also in terms of when people should contact me, I generally tell people like, two to three months ahead at this point, uh, because especially around busy times like June, uh, uh, my schedule fills up really quickly, which is, uh, I'm very lucky. That's a good thing. So <laughs> you mentioned, you know, you just put it into your deck. What tools and software do you use to, to do this stuff? I actually just work from builds because I don't know Unity or Unreal. Like they have tools like Un Unity has Cinemachine and Unreal has Sequencer, which you can do amazing things with those from what I've seen. But I just don't know those tools and it doesn't come up often enough for me to really learn them. I mean, I'd love to, if I was going to need to do that, I would probably just hire someone who already knew that sort of uh, software. But usually it's just a build and there are certain debug options that the game developer has just for working on the game. And in some cases, some custom camera options if you need to get like, you know, animated GIF uh, footage or something like that. And, you know, uh, sometimes I'll say like, hey, it would be cool if there was an option for me to like change the field of view or zoom in on this asset. So then that I don't have to like zoom it in in Premiere and uh, it might look like very pixelated or something like that. Um, yeah, there, there are a lot of tools that uh, make it much easier to like redo a shot if, say, for example, I'm working on a game and uh, like the lighting artist just updated something, but I need to get the exact same shot with that new lighting. If there's a way to like quickly skip to this part of the level, spawn this enemy, and then move the camera where I want it, then that makes my job a lot easier. So wherever you're out there listening to us right now, whether it's Twitch or YouTube or Facebook or LinkedIn, wherever, if you've got a question for Derek about you know how you can make better trailers for your game, make sure you pop it in chat because Dan and I are going to see it and we'll get it answered live. So you've actually got a wonderful post and I'll share the link to it where you walk through you know five five templates. Mm -hmm. or you know doing these trailers 
let's go through those real quick. I think we can get them pulled up on the uh, – Dan, can you pull them up? Yeah, so this is a post that I made. Uh, it's also a YouTube video if you don't want to read. <laughs> uh, it's called Five Simple Game Trailer Templates, which actually I made this because uh, I was being a judge for one of the judges for this game jam, which was actually a game trailer jam. So it was like you had to make enough of the game to make footage for the trailer. And I they asked us to make some videos to help the people out because most of them are game developers, not editors. So... The, yeah, these are just these like really relatively simple ways of thinking of like the, the structure of a game trailer in a way that um, not super duper complicated because like on my website, I talk a lot about like, you know, 3X structure and all these other editing concepts. So I thought I'd just like, try to boil it down to the simplest sort of thing. And here they are. So the first one here just says, tell, show, tell, show, repeat. and like this is like a really easy way to do it where just like you have a title card that says you know this game has this and then just show a bunch of footage of that and then this game has this then show footage of that which it sounds really simple but you'd be surprised how often i see game trailers where there's like a title card and it says this feature and then the next shots afterwards totally not of that feature i'm like what are you doing? <laughs> We're expecting to see like a double jump after this double jump title card, but instead you're showing driving or something. So uh, this is like the format that I, I used for this. Is a, this is a trailer that I made for Alien Hominid HD, which started out as a fan trailer, but later on they needed a trailer for, um, I forget where it released, and they said, oh, we'll just pay you to use this one as an official one. Um, so that's that one. The next one is just music video montage. So this works really well if your game sort of communicates visually very easily. So let me, I'm gonna turn the sound off here. Just can talk over this. But so like Battle Block Theater is like puzzle platformer sort of game. So it's pretty easy to see, oh, you're gonna be, you know, jumping on platforms and there's like fans moving around and stuff like that. So in that case, I just show the footage, which mostly speaks for itself and then just edit it to the music because whenever you see like trailers and like things match up to the music, it's just a lot of fun to watch. Um, it shows that like little bit of extra attention to the editing that I think is more engaging than if it feels like they just put a music track in and then just put a whole bunch of clips and didn't show any regard for uh, anything like matching up with anything. I mean, most of what I do is just matching things up in editing. It's like, okay, someone says this, you should show that at the same time. You know, a lot, it's, it's really not uh, very cerebral. You know, I think people can get caught up with like, oh, the, the mystique of editing, think like 2001 or like Lawrence of Arabia. It's like most edits are not that cool and smart. Most are just like to convey pretty simple information. And if you're too, try to be too clever, then it'll just be forgotten. So, um, yeah, because people watch game trailers because they want to see what the game is like, right? Yeah. They, they don't care about the shots and the, you know, whatever. Use I see Steam trailers where the first 15 seconds is like title cards and stuff. And mm -hmm. it's like, that's not what you want for Steam. You want like a gameplay immediately. Bam. Yes, absolutely. And people, 
you know, I understand why people would start off a game trailer with their logos and stuff because, you know, it's their baby. They they really want to, they're excited to put their name on this game. Like this trailer is the first way they're showing it off. And maybe they watched a bunch of movie trailers like, oh, well, the movie trailers do that. It's like, yeah, but, you know. Movie trailers, who, you're forced to sit there. That, that's that's a very scene, good point. Scene, you can't go anywhere. Because they want to see gameplay, right? They want to see that yeah. gameplay. Bam, you want to see it right away because people will click off it in 10 seconds if there's nothing. Yeah, and even movie trailers learned about this because that's why you have all those movie trailers which have the six second trailer for the trailer because mm -hmm. they realize that if you do that, then people are more likely to watch it. And then they put the, the, all the credits at the back instead of at the front like they used to do. Yeah, so um, yeah, definitely. And because of so many people putting their logos at the beginning, some people are just trained to just skip ahead because odds are there's a bunch of logos or shots mm -hmm. that don't really show gameplay. Um, which is not a good thing. So I try to have things start off as soon as possible. So this is another one, just chronological order, because like if you think about it, games are made in a way, ideally, so then that when you play it from beginning to end, you the game slowly teaches you how the game works, and then it sort of twists things around and tests your abilities. So that's sort of what you want to show in a lot of game trailers. You, you're trying to teach the person how this game works. So if you just put your game in order, take all that footage and just like cut out the, the, the bits in between that are kind of boring. So the example I have here is for Papers, Please, which, um, or, I mean, it has amazing music, but I'm just gonna talk through this. But like, this is basically linear. Like they took, I don't know, four hours of gameplay footage and then everything I think stayed in the same order that it probably happened and they just cut to the important parts and then like they got sort of slowly and slowly more intense and then like you know the there's more paperwork and then there's people throwing like explosives and then it just builds and builds and builds but like basically this whole thing as far as i can tell is in chronological order there's some like inserts here with like you know the like propaganda uh and the news newspapers but um but yeah, it's basically chronological order as far as I can tell, and just like well edited to the music. Um, and it has like a really good build. So like by the end here, it starts like editing even faster and then they're going through more and more people. There's more paperwork and things are more complicated. And also they're they're focusing on some of these like uh, little details so then that you understand what's happening. Because if you've played paper, Papers, Please, you know that it's this big screen with like lots of different things on it. So it's very overwhelming. But this trailer, they zoomed in on the important parts. So you're not distracted by everything else that's going on over there. So I tell people like, look, if your game has a natural progression, just put that in the trailer and make it 90 seconds or 60 seconds. So it's a pretty easy way to, to start. Um, and then, yeah, this one here just says, just explain the game. So this one, this is actually a like spec trailer my friend Ashley Rule made um, for this Zactronics game, um, which if you've played his games, or if you haven't, um, the, the look of the games, it's very abstracted, like a lot of shapes and stuff. So it's really hard to understand exactly what is happening. But what she did with the spec trailer was just add these title cards here, just saying what is happening in each part and uh, just like walking you through basically like a tutorial, except it's using title cards to explain this is what's happening um, in this uh, this moment when we're playing this game. Um, 
there's some other good examples like uh, the trailer for Fantastic Contraption, which my friend Kurt Gartner made that trailer. It's just Colin Northway, the developer, talking about this game where you have to get this pink ball to the other side. It's in VR and you build contraptions to like uh, solve those problems. And that's good for like if you have games where it's really not as easy to understand as like a character with a sword hitting things, you know. Um, and then this one last year, this is I put this in a world, which if you if if you the reason that they use the movie trailer industry used in a world for so long is because it's really easy to edit to. If you have a narrator that's saying, you know, this is the world or the premise, and I use Time Cop as an example here, you know, this is the person, this is the problems they're having, this is what they're gonna do, and then these are the obstacles they're gonna face, it makes it really easy to understand. And I mean, there are also probably a lot of practical reasons movie trailer industry did that too, because you're editing on like literal film. So it's a lot harder to take out little bits of dialogue from the movie and cut it together in this way, but easier to just have a narrator, just spell it out, put some dialogue in the middle. But you know, there, I see a lot of story trailers um, where there's just so much like lore that it's like, you know, the, the, this is the day that, I don't know, fire fell from the sky. You know, my name is blah, 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 magician. And this is, it's just, it gets really sort of tied up in all this stuff that really doesn't tell us anything about either the game or the story. And some, and when it's like a story trailer, we just need to know like a little bit about the world or the characters or both. And if the thing in the story trailer just feels either like very generic or not unique, which I guess is the same thing, then we're not really gonna remember any of it. But if I say like, I don't know, uh, well, you're you're in an English village and you're a goose. Like that in a few words is like, whoa, okay, that's different, you know? Or I was watching this trailer for Knights of San Francisco which is a, like a text sort of based game. And the opening that, of that, it's the developer talking about the world. And it says like, it's like, we're uh, what, set in like, I forget how they phrased it. It was like, we're set in ancient San Francisco, which is like pretty interesting because like San Francisco, not that old in the grand scheme of things, but like, so what would have to be happening if it must be like in the future. So now San Francisco is all, okay. So it's forming something where it's about this setting and not just like any other movie or game set in San Francisco. It's like has that specificity to it that makes it stand out. In the year 2021, <laughs> three grown men will be talking online about video games. Uh, yes, that one show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So actually we had a question from Capital Light. She wants to know, what debug tools do you recommend and like the most? So if you go to gametrailerdebugtools.com, it's a domain name that I set up because I did a GDC talk a while ago just about uh, capturing footage. So you can look at this and it's like an hour talk and I just wrote down like all these tools because the thing I realized before this talk was like, hey, I'm in a weird unique position as a game trailer maker to see like everyone's debug tools and see which ones are really good for making trailers and which ones are less helpful. So I thought like, okay, I'll, let me aggregate 
all like the best of all these things that have, have helped me in one way or another. So uh, if you're really curious about that, then I would watch this talk or just at least look at this website. I have like a lot of stuff in here. Um, some stuff you might not have thought about, like one game I worked on, there was a mode where you toggled it and in the top like left or right of the screen, it just said the name of the level that you're currently in. It's super useful if you just need to skip ahead to that level. Like I might be making a game trailer. And I'm like, oh crap, where was this level? You know, I see this UI to skip to a level, but I don't know, remember what any of the names are because I haven't been working on this game for like three years. So if there was just that like little thing that says like level six, seven, then I can just like go back into the UI and say, okay, cool, let's go straight to six, seven. Like really simple sort of, well, I don't know if it's simple, I don't make games. So I, don't, <laughs> I don't want to presume to just say any of this stuff is simple to implement. But yeah, this is the example I have here. Um, and Even yeah. Saying that is hard, simple to implement. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would look at this website if you're curious to like add in things to make it easier on yourself. What was the URL again? I'll type it in the chat. If you go to gametrailerdebugtools.com, I think that should do it. So when developers are coming to you to you know, create the trailer for, for their game, what is the most, you know, what's, what's the basics that you need to know? I mean, what, what information do you want from them up front so you can do your job properly? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, so usually I will ask them uh, for like their elevator pitch. Say so like, oh, you know, tell me about your game, which sometimes uh, I've had people say like, that's a good question. I'm like, oh no, oh. you should work on that and come back to me. <laughs> so, but like, yeah, I, I want to know like, oh, what is special about your game? You know, why are you making this game? Uh, because I think most people don't set out to make something that's just entirely derivative of something that came before. I don't think people usually are thinking like, oh, well, I wanted to make dead cells, but reskinned, you know? Usually there's like something in there that either has some sort of personal touch or something that they think that they could have done better that um, I want to know about. So then that I know if you have, you know, like a roguelike game, how am I going to, what am I going to focus on to make this thing stand out? Um, I also, it's good to know, like, you know, what is like the feeling of this game? You know, what is the, the player experience? Like, do they feel powerful? Are they, do they feel disempowered to get some of that feeling across? So like, um, in like, like Noita, for example, that game is about like experimenting with these wands and getting a new one. And you never know if when you fire it, if it's going to just blow up in your face or it's going to do something amazing or it's going to do something not at all amazing. But like that sort of trial and error and that, uh, that uh, experimentation feeling is like a big core part of that game. So that's something that I would want to try to convey through the trailer. And like the best compliment I can get is if I see comments where, especially if it's like a, a game that has already been out for a while, like early access, where the comments are like, oh my God, this is totally what it's like to play this game. Uh, you know, this is this is me, like this is footage of me playing basically. So that tells me that I hit the mark and I, uh, um, I, I saw the right things uh, in the game that then people would uh, see like themselves in. That's always a good feeling. Cause you never want to have a game trailer where either it's just totally 
divorced from the actual game like content or the feel or it just like feels like such a weird mismatch that's like what is actually happening here like i think some games have gotten in trouble with some game trailers where like the music just feels like so dissonant with the game footage it's like why is this like hip-hop music this looks like <laughs> a fantasy adventure game uh which i mean I don't know. I think too, too many people out there think that if you just add hip hop, it makes it cool, which does not make you look cool. It's like being a parent, I guess, and being like, oh, the, the kids like this. It's cool. I'll just add this and I'm instantly cool, right? It's like, no. Are you looking for a publisher for your game? Well, we have something special just for you. It's the most comprehensive listing of PC, console, and mobile publishers in the industry. Over 700 companies sorted by platform with links to their websites. You can get the list at www.powellgroupconsulting.com slash publisher dash list. And you can get it for free. Check it out. That it's, it's good to hear because we constantly preach how you have to have your elevator pitch, you know, down pat and you need to know, you know, obviously what the features of your game are, but more importantly, what the unique selling points are, what makes it stand mm -hmm. out from other things in the genre, because yeah, otherwise you get in that situation where it's like, I did dead cells, but it has a knight in armor instead of, you know, the, the character. That they, I don't even know what that character is. Anyway, but <laughs> this is further evidence that you know you have to get this stuff nailed down in the beginning so you can mm -hmm. understand. Because I mean, if, the Steam Game Fest or Steam Next game—I I can't keep how they name it up to date—but you're going to be out there you know, as a developer against hundreds of other indie games. It's not like this is a very tightly curated thing that they do. You know, there's tons and tons of games and you've got to be able to stand out and, and show what makes it great from the very mm -hmm. beginning. Yeah. I mean, I tell people that they should start thinking about their trailer as soon as possible because, uh, I mean, first of all, it's really important. But, you know, you might realize when it comes time to cut together a montage of your game, like, oh, we don't actually have that many, like, unique selling points or, like, maybe our art doesn't read very easily or something like that um and i think it's good to like think of you know what ideas would we show in this game trailer or like what would the title cards be to that we call things out and then if you realize oh wait i just put six title cards in my trailer and this sounds like 20 games <laughs> you know if you're gonna put in like you know boss battles and weapons like yes okay welcome to the club Give me something a little different. I always use like food analogies because I like food, but it's like, <laughs> hey, uh, my name's Derek. I'm opening a new ice cream shop in town. It's like, okay. It's like, oh, well, I have strawberry and chocolate and vanilla. Like, okay. <laughs> um, by the way, it's 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 stretchy ice creams. Like, oh, okay, interesting. Which I think is like a there's a place in New York that which I'm referencing. It's like Middle Eastern in origin. It's like stretchy ice cream. It's like, oh, cool. I've never had stretchy ice cream before, but I love ice cream. Uh, but like, if you're just like, ah, it's ice cream. We got all the flavors you like. 
And it's like, okay, well, I already have a favorite ice cream shop. Why do I need to go to yours? And a lot of games are sort of in that space of saying like, we have chocolate and strawberry. And like, good. <laughs> Hold on. I'm Googling stretchy ice cream because I have never even heard of this. And now That's I funny. want it. Uh, <laughs> you want to do this question right here? We've got a yeah, question go uh, from Calix. Calix Yumio. Oh my God, Derek. What the OMG, Derek, what do you think about the trailer of the match three criminal grandma or like that one about pulling pins to save the night or whatever? Basically, the video ads advertising a game that is very much not what they are showing. And I don't like that. Um, yeah, those are the ones where you're playing a mobile game and it says like, yeah, like move this trap door and save the girl or something like that. And then you get, yeah, you get to the game. It's a match three game. Um, I mean, I think that's terrible <laughs> i mean i it's mobile game advertising for whatever reason like in that sort of space is just really like unethical and shady and i think it just makes people hate you is what i think i think you're poisoning the wells to do that but you know they're probably thinking like well it really really works and we make all this money which great if that's what you want to do then more power to you but like I don't know. I think that it's better to be authentic and honest about things um, than sort of do a bait and switch like that. Like for as much talk that game trailers get about like, oh, this was downgraded when it came out. Like that's an actual bait and switch. Like this is actually not what the game is. It's like a match three game, but I thought it was like a puzzle solving sort of thing. Um, no, I think it's super not cool, and but apparently it works. That's, that's <laughs> it. It's like people wouldn't do it if it didn't work. The question yeah. is, and you're probably like the guest who is most qualified to at least attempt to answer this. Why do they do it? Why does it, well, not why they do it. They do it because it works. Why does it work? I mean, I, I think it's just because like, you know, these ads probably just like give you these like little small wins and it's kind of satisfying to like, oh, I did the thing. I'd like some like, you know, relatively easy, easy puzzle solving sort of game. Um, but maybe like they overlap with people who like match three games. So it's kind of like maybe they're not super upset when it turns out it's a match three game. I, I don't I don't really know. I, I It would take more research and like studies than I'm capable of doing or would even know how to approach. It's it's kind of bewildering to me, but Damn, apparently it works. We, we need to find someone who knows the answer to this question because it's like it's, it's the most perplexing thing that we see in chat most of the time. It's like, why are you marketing a game in a manner that doesn't show the game at all. <laughs> it works. Uh, so Taylor asked, what about a project that's more of a sim than a game? Is there something that can help it stand out? Um, so, I mean, I guess I want to know what kind of sim game they're talking about. So uh, if, I'm, if it's sim game, I'm thinking of games like Fishing Planet or uh, SnowRunner. Uh, and this is a weird thing where I've noticed that if you have a trailer for a sim game, either it's pretty dry and like exactly what you would expect, or it's just amazing. <laughs> There's, hold on, let me find, okay, let me find this one. Um, it's called Trans-Siberian like Train Simulator or something like that. Um, yeah, she's talking about a photography sim. Photography sim, oh, okay. But, let's um, watch this. but yeah, let me find this trailer. I just want to show you this like one bit of 
of title cards at the end. Sorry, my computer's being a little slow. Uh, oh, it's a railway simulator. Um, like the Fishing Planet trailer, if you've seen that one, it basically makes fishing like super duper hardcore. They have this like amazing trailer music. The fish is coming out of the water. It's like bullet time going everywhere. Uh, and it's amazing. But then there are also sim trailers where it's just like, you know, we have this type of train and this type of train. And, you know, you pull these lever uh, levers or we have like this farming simulator game. You have X number of plows. But like some of these, for whatever reason, I, I would love to meet the people making some of these trailers because uh, they clearly like looked at their game footage and like, you know, people know what they're getting already. Let's just have some fun. You know, all they care about is like different fish types or different uh, rail uh, reels. Oh, sorry, this is being a little slow. Let me see. It's funny because when you said it was Trans-Siberian Railway Simulator, if I would have guessed which publisher it was, I would have guessed Playway oh. <laughs> because they are absolutely like the experts at these, I mean, even beyond niche games that come yeah. in. So like, look at these title cards. So prepare path and train. So this all seems pretty expected. It's like, oh, there's going to be stuff on the, the, the tracks. Okay. Survive in the wilderness. Okay. You're going to have to deal with wolves, um, which is already pretty outlandish. And then don't drink too much. <laughs> like, like this is like a perfect like viral sort of like oh my god i'm sure like all the comments on here are like don't drink too much because it's also funny because you know presumably like like drinking is something that you have to like do actively but like this makes it sound like you have no choice and you have to like stop yourself as opposed to just like hit the drink button <laughs> so um, but if it's a photography simulator game, then, you know, I want to know, uh, you know, how intricate is like the, like the mechanics of the, the camera. So like, oh, someone said in chat, like Pokemon, Pokemon Snap. So I remember one of the first Pokemon Snap trailers for the new one, like it takes a really long time before they actually show you taking photos, which is like the whole point of the game. Like, I don't care about the vehicle as much and the, the setting. I just want to know. You know, is it on rails? Uh, you know, uh, what are the Pokemon going to do when I'm there? That sort of thing. Oh, sorry, my camera died, um, which I thought might happen because it overheated. Um, let me see if I can switch to the one. I but I'll, that could happen. The black it, camera of doom. He's got a really high-end camera. They do that. Okay, well, we do have a question right here. Um, oh, are you there still, Derek? Oh, his device is not connected. So me, there, right, we, there go. we go. There Sorry, we got you back now. Microphone came off. So we we do have some questions popping up here. Um, do, 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 do. Jay Div asks you, do you know uh, if Playway has made a Snowpiercer simulator already? I mean, oh, if I thought you said they were making one already, Div. I was like, yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me. If they haven't, give them like six months. <laughs> So here we go. This is from Lion Code Games. How do you highlight turn-based tactic games when the pace is slower and it's about the depth of the game system? Yeah, that one's turn-based games and strategy games are pretty difficult. Um, I have a blog post, which let me pull up here, um, which this highlights a few trailers. One is for this game, Per Aspera, 
which I, it's not really a turn-based game. It's more like a builder sort of game. Um, and then let me see this one here, Stronghold Warlords. Um, I'm not sure this is actually answers your question, um, but like turn-based games, you need to uh, show people the the player decisions that are happening. So th that's one situation where it actually might be good to just have a trailer where you explain things. So let actually let me pull up. So Tom Francis, for example, he's working on this game called Tactical Breach Wizards. And like this first trailer that he came out, he's just explaining how the game works. And also I, I've met him and he I was asking him about this because somehow this trailer like hit the like front page of YouTube and that's how it got like 400,000 views. But he said like, oh, I make trailers this way because I'm not an editor and it's easier just for me to talk over the gameplay footage. So, but I think it totally works because um, like tactical game players want this sort of nitty gritty thing like, oh, this unit does this and then this unit does this, which is interesting because you'll find yourself in a situation where you need to like, I don't know, push an enemy away in this direction, which then works together with this other thing. But these sorts of things are really hard to show in trailers because either, um, you know, maybe there's not a lot of animation or maybe you just don't know exactly which parts were due to the player making decisions versus just like the AI doing something. So um, the thing I say is that in these cases, you need to basically find any way to make the invisible choices visible if that's narration or text uh, like title cards, um, which sometimes sometimes it's just enough just to say like, hey, um, I'm trying to think of an example, like, uh, uh, you know, board control or something like that. Like this, these abilities are all about moving things around. So if you just have that idea planted by a title card, then the person watching is going to then look at the footage that comes afterwards and try to parse in what ways the characters can manipulate the position of things on the board, that sort of thing. But I think explaining it in it, for those sorts of games makes a lot of sense because they're usually not as like, you know, action heavy as like, you know, platformer game. In a world where wizards wear armor proof vests. I, I saw and this yesterday and it must have been why because it, it hit YouTube so hard, but I saw an article about that game yesterday and I'm like, that is brilliant. Just absolutely, absolutely brilliant. I love that idea. All right, we, we want to get to this next question right here from Lolster241. And the question is, hey, Derek, for mobile game trailers, for games that have vertical orientation, should the trailer be horizontal or vertical in your opinion? Um, I think it should just be vertical if that's what it is. Uh, because uh, I think that... It's just being authentic to what it is, and um, it helps people who maybe don't want to play a mobile game know, oh, this isn't for me, which you know, you, some people might think like, oh, I don't want to chase away any customers. I want everyone to play my games. Like, you oh, don't God. really want to do no. that. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you try to like make something for everything, you make it for nobody. So it is actually, I think, good marketing to chase away people who do not want your game because then they'll just get pissed off when it's like, ah, it's a mobile game. I hate mobile games or something like that. So I would say just make it vertical. Yeah, because otherwise you end up with people are going to leave a bad review or you just don't 
you don't want that. Like you said, it, it, you want the people who actually really enjoy your, your game and that type of game to, you know, actually play it. Um, yeah. All right. I think Dan might be dealing with a, with a ban here. Um, uh, hold on a second. There was another one. Okay. From Vixen Gamer. How do you approach a trailer for an eerie and atmospheric 2D game? Um, I would say, I mean, it depends on the game, but uh, good music is a good place to start. I mean, I tell this to everyone in general. Like, if you have good music and good art, then you're already, like, in the 80th to 90th percentile as far as game trailers and games go because, I mean, it's people see it before they even press play. Like, it might be in the thumbnail. But, you know, if you have good, like, atmospheric music that makes people just feel that... Uh, like sense of dread or something like that, then um, that'll do a lot of the work for you. Because I mean, if you think about like um, like a David Lynch film, the a lot of the images, well, a lot of the images are off, totally off the wall and weird. But there are some images that are like sort of like normal. It's like white picket fence, but the music or the sound makes helps you realize oh there's something else going on here there's something weird and and off so i would really try to focus on the audio especially all right so jeff has a question that you know he forecasted that i would, I would be ready for but actually i want to know this as well how do you go and make a trailer for a game like dwarf fortress not the uh, new one, not the one that Kickboxer sure, worked on with the sure. pretty graphics. Yeah, I think I saw a trailer where it was either one of the developers um, or someone involved in that game just just describing a scenario because, like, from what I know of that game, just like the weirdest things can happen. Where it's like, oh, there's like a GDC talk of like, how come, how do, how are these cats getting drunk? <laughs> and it was like this weird like cascade of systems that ended up with like alcohol on the floor, which then the cats would drink. And uh, I think that actually just like playing something out like that would be a good way. So actually I have a trailer pulled up here, which is that Knights of San Francisco trailer I was talking about, which um, I don't know if you'll get audio if I play this, uh, but can I try? Let me see. Sure, if you click the uh, capture audio button when you share your screen, it should come up. Okay. If you did not click the capture audio, then it will not. Oh, I, I think I didn't. So you can um, always edit out, uh, you close it, and then come back uh, and then do that. Okay. Well, actually, this, this works without sound too because there's also text. So this is like a text story sort of game. And they just described uh, this like combat encounter. So, yes, yeah, fantasy future of San Francisco. That was the, the phrase. So we fight a lizard man, he almost immediately kills my friend. Uh, I raised the friend from the dead and managed to slash off the lizard man's left arm. My undead friend takes the arm, uses it as a club, and smacks the lizard man over the head with it, which kills the lizard man dead. <laughs> and like you can see from the on the right here that this is like, you know, this is a text-based game, which probably has like some buttons in there. Um, but you know, it's mostly just text. Um, but like I mean, that was a pretty fun combat encounter. They just described what happened. And then in the back here, they have some like peppy music and this like nice typography here. So 
again, if uh, something is so outlandish and it's hard to like see what's happening, then like finding a really fun way to describe what is happening is a good way to do it. Um, I also recommend the Heat Signature trailer, also Tom Francis, which Heat Signature, the game, it's like, uh, you know, it has graphics and everything, but it's top down and they're not super detailed. So, and also the animations happen really, really fast. So it's kind of hard to see what's going on. But that Heat Signature trailer is a really good script uh, narrated by Alex Ashby, which just describes the different scenarios that you can get into in that game. And it's uh, brilliant. I'm not familiar with this one. What is what is is that a mobile game or a PC game? Uh, Heat Signature is a PC game. So I'm already downloading this much of San Francisco because that little thing that they just had in the trailer sounds exactly like one of our old D and D sessions and what <laughs> kind of sh that we would pull, you know, in there. Um, Another question here from CryptoForge: um, How any tips for showcasing 3D crypto casino? Oh, that's that's one I haven't really worked on, so I don't really know because I also I don't really know, like which is the part of that that people are interested in. You know, is it is it like cryptocurrency, like like a Bitcoin sort of thing, or something like? You'd have to think about what are the parts of that that people care about and would want like your version of over another one. You know, maybe it if it like it's, the graphics aren't very interesting, maybe you need like some cool motion graphics or something like that to dress it up a little bit. But this is just me spitballing. Yeah, he says, uh, or CryptoForge says, crypto casino slash community. So some, so like I'm imagining something community driven. Yeah, I'm thinking, and, and CryptoForge, correct me if I'm wrong. If you've got a what we call a standard casino game and your unique selling point or twist there's the fact that you can earn or work with cryptocurrency you probably want to go and show all the cool flashy graphics that a lot of these slot machines and things have in their casino but then really talk about second life slash sansar type of thing i don't know what sansar is i don't know but i, I if it's second life being paired with second life then Oh, this is still a, this, the crypto casino thing. Yeah. Googling. Yeah. I mean, I guess it just depends on like what is the, you know, experience of the player as they're doing this thing. Like, how does it feel? Uh, you know, what are the, the like sensory inputs and stuff like that? It, it, there's not much information there to work off of. Oh, I get it. So, Sansar, yeah, Sansar, Second Life are similar. 3D environment where you can hang out and live events and, and that sort of stuff. Yeah. All right. So I had another question and I forgot what it was real quick. Um, so, I mean, here we go. When you see developers creating trailers, what's the biggest mistake that you see them making? The biggest mistake I usually see is people feeling like they're in a rush to talk about features and content. Um, which basically means like when the trailer starts, they, they immediately get into title card saying like dozens of skins. It's like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care yet. I don't, I don't even know what this game is for. Why do I care about skins? Uh, you know, it, or they're saying like tons of weapons. Like, well, I don't know what one weapon does yet. You know, what is this? 
maybe all these weapons are basically the same. They just look different. So the thing I say is that you should put content and like features and modes last in the trailer because basically they're like uh, multipliers for your game. Because if you have a game where it's let's say like a roguelike platformer and the first part of the trailer says, like, okay, here are the abilities that you have. And there's, uh, you know, you have like a ground pound and you have all this sort of jumping and wall traversal and stuff. It's like, okay, cool. But then the next question people are probably thinking is like, okay, but how long could this go on for? And then that is when you want to say uh, or show probably even better that you have like lots of bosses and, you know, different levels and lots of weapons because that then can change like one different sword means that the whole experience is different in that case. But like, if you start off with the different swords and you don't know that like, it's like dark souls where every single weapon handles entirely different, um, you don't, you can't care about it yet. So I'd say like, don't be in a super big rush to point out content and like game modes because we, we can't care. That's basically uh, back to the food analogy. That's like saying, uh, oh, we, you know, check out my new restaurant. We have, we have so many different dishes. Um, and like, uh, you want to come back every single day of the month. It's like, I don't know what food you're serving yet. So why do I, why do I care? You have a lot, people can't care if there's a lot of something until they know what the thing is. It's like, Hey, Derek, I'm going to give you like tons and tons of meat for your birthday or something. It's like, okay, well, what kind? It's like, well, it's, I don't know, made of uh, crickets or something. It's like, uh, I don't know. Or it's like, you know, it's beef ground chuck, like the cheapest hamburger meat versus like, you know, filet mignon. Um, so don't don't be in a rush to talk about features. Try to show your game and why it's cool first. And also try to make your trailer without title cards first and see if that works. Because the other thing that people do is they point out things that are either blatantly obvious or just like really mundane. It's like, oh my God, play my game. We have 10 biomes. And it's like, okay, you know, lots of games have 10 biomes or more. It's, it seems like a low bar. Why are you calling out this one like really mundane thing? It's like if I say, hey, check out my Italian restaurant. We use salt. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh no. Is we this, have is, plates. Was, we was have this, Italian food. Right? Was this the bar for you? Like, are you, do you think you're a novelty for this? It's like, but if they said like, oh, we have like this fancy organic salt made from seaweed off the coast of Japan or something like that, then then you're getting somewhere. But if the thing you're pointing out and drawing a lot of attention to is not interesting or unique or surprising or like desirable, then it's like, I don't know if this is worth looking at because uh, I guess they don't have much to talk about if this is what they're uh, focusing on in this trailer. Did you want to uh, give feedback on a trailer real quick? Oh, sure. Yeah, let's do it. We've only got a few minutes left, people. So anybody else that wants feedback on the trailers, if Derek um, would like to... We may not want to open that rabbit hole. But, uh... <laughs> oh, no, I mean, if Derek would like to like, if maybe do something in the future on our Discord server, maybe we could I... arrange something like that. I do actually stream game trailer reviews uh, Friday, actually. I was doing it before Perfect. this. Uh, usually 11 a.m. Eastern on my Twitch channel um, for usually like an hour p 
people can submit to reviewmytrailer.com. And if uh, oh, cool. I don't have a huge queue, then usually you can be in chat and talk about it with me. All right. All right. You ready for this trailer? Sure. Okay, so uh, it's too long, first of all. And so here's the thing, when people say a trailer is too long, usually it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, it shouldn't be two minutes, it shouldn't, it should be one minute. Uh, or like, uh, you know, trailers that are 60 seconds are objectively always good because you can have a 60 second trailer that feels too long. You can have a 30 second trailer that feels too long. The, the issue with this is that, um, first of all, another big mistake that people make is using music straight from the game. Uh, like th that sounded like a music loop that plays in the game. And the problem with that for trailers is that like the beginning of the trailer sounds energy wise, exactly the same as the middle and the end. It doesn't feel like it's building towards something. So it gets really repetitive and boring. Uh, and like, it feels like, you know, how long is this gonna go on? Whereas you, when you have a trailer music cue or like just a cue that's good for, that's from a game, but like has a build to it. Um, it's like, oh, cool, this is going somewhere. It's gonna like reach a climax, and it's gonna stop down, and then it's gonna do, you know, it's gonna, you know, uh, have like flow to it and like highs and lows. But like this music here, it just feels exactly the same all the way through. Um, and the other lesson that we can take from this trailer is that uh, if you have text on your video, the text will win. The, the attention war, as it were. Like people, if you, assume you can read the text, text will always be the thing that we wanna look at first just because that's the way our brains are programmed. And so that's why I tell people like, if you're gonna have text in your trailer, you better hope that that is what you want them to be looking at. Whereas in this game, I think you want them to see people swinging swords and stuff, not seeing that there's 100 health. I don't think that's the thing that you really want us yeah, to do. I was about. looking at that for like 15 seconds. Yeah, it's like uh, the analogy I use is if you've ever been driving in a car and suddenly uh, a leaf gets attached to your windshield, like you, you want to not look at the leaf, but it's just in there in your face and you can't not look at it. It's just, it's just like an itch 
in your in your your vision. So that's basically what happens when you have that sort of text or sometimes HUD elements or UI. Um, and then the other thing with that trailer was that made it feel too long is that a lot of those early sections of the trailer felt functionally exactly the same. It was like, okay, walk forward, an enemy will come to you and you kill them. And they showed that like three times. It looked like the same enemy each time. So that makes me think, oh, your game doesn't have a lot of stuff going on if you're showing this over and over again. Like if you if you had more mechanics, you would probably show them sooner, which in fairness, they did have like climbing and stuff. But um, if a shot doesn't like build on an idea or introduce a new idea, then it just makes your game look small. Uh, the other thing I say is um, it's better to have a shorter trailer that's has a lot of variety than a longer trailer, which doesn't because if it's a 90 second trailer, but the environments all kind of repeat and all the ideas from the game repeat, then it's like, oh, you couldn't fill 90 seconds, could you? Whereas if it's 30 seconds and it's sort of fresh from beginning to end, it's like, oh, cool, tightly edited trailer. You know, they're not thinking, oh, 30 seconds, there's nothing in this game because there's no, they have no grounds to figure out whether or not there is, it's just like, you know, a quick, quickly edited trailer. With that stuff being said, and, and it was, the trailer was repetitive and stuff, that would be totally something I would play, right? I was like, <laughs> oh, that game looks cool. Another thing I got to say about that from my perspective is part of my job is I look through games continually every day, and I have seen probably 30 different games that are going to be released soon that have that exact same character model, right? <laughs> So honestly, there's going to be uh, within the next, you know, six months to next year and a half, there's going to be a bunch of games released with that exact character model. <laughs> it, it's exactly the same in, in, in a bunch of games. Um, but I, that does look like something I would play. Not that those characters are not appealing or anything, but just know that your game is going to look like a lot of other games. Um, Div, we got a question here from Div. Is there a good way to A, B, test the trailers? Mm, not that I know of, because I don't think Steam has that ability to A, B, test trailers. And I'm not sure if that's forthcoming. I think I've, I've seen some people asking about that. I don't, I, don't quote me on any of this. Um, you know, there might be like on YouTube with some extensions like TubeBuddy or vidIQ, you might be able to A, B, test like a thumbnail or something like that. But other than that, you would have to probably just like hire people to like watch your trailer and do like your own testing, that sort of thing. Or there might be companies that do that for you. Cause I know movie trailers, movie trailer industry does that sort of thing where they show trailers to lots and lots of people and get very detailed surveys and stuff. But like in terms of just tools readily available to someone at home on their computer, I'm not sure there is something, but if there is, I'd love to know. I mean, I, I don't know if I would because I don't want to make, you know, three trailers and then have and ship one just because I'm, I'm lazy. Div, you can always do some small Facebook testing, but, but if you have two trailers and like Derek said, you may not want to have to go through and create two, but if you have options, run some, you know, sheep campaigns, you don't have to do a whole lot. We spend maybe five or $10 on initial ads for, our conferences and things like that. And we can tell even with that amount, what the difference is and what the click through rate and what the reception is. So you could actually go into to Twitter or to uh, 
Facebook and for next to nothing, run some ads to see which one you get a better reaction from. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right, I Derek. Birds in the background. <laughs> Derek, we really appreciate you coming on and doing this. We know you're busy, um, but this is fantastic information. And, you know, we've had a lot of folks checking in and, and watching. So we know it's something that's near and dear to everybody's heart. Any last minute pieces of advice? Um, well, I saw um, Jim here in chat was just saying, like, so cut the length, get rid of UI text, and vary music to the ultimate climax and add more game mechanics. I mean, unfortunately, there is no like formula. It really depends on the game. But I mean, I think the the best thing you can do is like think who is watching this, who am I targeting with this thing? Because then you can think about how the trailer's design would match that audience. You know, because like uh, like tactical strategy game people, like they, like I said, they care about those like nitty gritty little things. Um, but you know, in a different genre, maybe they wouldn't care about uh, the same sorts of things. So it it really depends. But um, but like again, good art, good music, then just then you're ahead of the curve, and uh, just have have the music actually uh, build, build to up. something. Don't 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 use your game music that loops unless maybe your game is about like an endless loop or something like that where it actually emphasizes the core idea. But in most cases, game music is not good for trailers, at least not like uncustomized. Awesome. Excellent. Um yeah, appreciate the feedback. Game models were licensed from Synthi Studios. If you have more suggestions for unique models, please let me know. Well, we do have an answer for you. If you join our Discord at discord.gg slash indie game business, there is how many people's in there right now? Thousand? Close to 3,500. 3,500. And that includes game developers, um, game professionals, everything from attorneys to localization to, you know, trailer makers. You can go in there and get suggestions on different models. And you know what? I like those models. I think they look cool. But there, I just got to say, there's a bunch of games that I've seen. Probably at least 30. At least 30 games that are on Steam coming soon with that exact model. Um, but yeah, join that. And if you would like to hang out a little bit in our Discord, we'd appreciate it. There. Uh, Derek? Oh, yes. <laughs> my, my mind went blank there for a second. Yeah, so thank you guys. We're going to post this up on Anchor.fm as a podcast, anchor.fm slash indie game business and anything else you'd like to end with, Jay? Our next conference is coming up the 15th to the 17th of June. So, you know, always, as always, our sessions are completely and 100% free to watch and to participate in. Um, but if you want to do a meeting pass and just do a little bit of business while you're there, tickets are only 50 bucks. And so, yeah, uh, and there's discounts everywhere. If you just look or you just even ask me for a discount, I'll give you a discount. It's all good. <laughs> easy um, peasy. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Um, I could like look forward to see who we have coming up next week. Uh, let's see. I here. won't be here because I'll be on the road again. Moving. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're leaving in, five, in four days. Actually, that's when we're loading up our truck. Four days to go to Florida. <sighs> that's going to be like a seven day long drive or six day long or whatever. Oh God. It's tw like 2,600 miles. Oh my God. So it's going to be an adventure. We'll be okay. We'll make it without you. Uh, and Dan's going to get our 
we haven't got last week's episode up on the podcast yet, but we're going to get that up shortly too. So, uh, Derek, thank you, man. We really appreciate this. this yeah. Good information. And you're always welcome back. Are you speaking at the conference, Derek? I am not. I, I'm I'm slammed with work right now because oh. of real uh, work to do. Real work? Okay. Well, hey, hey, doing a talk is real work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, no, you just get up there, make up some stuff, show some trailers, and talk for an hour. That's it. It's it's simple. <laughs> yeah, th- thank you so much for having me on. It was fun. Yeah, thank you. We uh, yeah. really, really do appreciate you. This was awesome, and it was great to answer some of these questions. And Jim, I wish you luck on your game. I want to play it. I want to play it, but I got to get a new VR headset. But thank you guys so much. Have an amazing, amazing weekend. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.